Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by TJS Ceramic Studio, Posh Boutique in the Bridges at 57th, The Sky and Tea, Excel Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and the Sioux Falls Arts Council. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome, one and all. Great to have you along for the conversations. Just a reminder that next week will be the final show of 2023 as Big D Entertainment takes the week off between Christmas and New Year's. Also, if you are a regular trivia player at Chasers, this coming Monday the 18th will be the last trivia for 2023. It's Christmas Day is on a Monday. New Year's Day will also be a Monday, so there will be no trivia those two days. But make your way this coming Monday for Holly Jolly Trivia at Chasers. Yes, it's all about me, so pay attention while you're listening to the show. Meanwhile, for today's episode, we talk with Kirsten Smith. She's doing double duty for the Premier Playhouse, A Christmas Carol. We'll be in TPP's The Glass Menagerie in March, and she and her husband Jamie sing in the Rainbow Chorus. Then later in the show, an interview I did with my nephew Andy Wartman while we were on vacation back in October. One of the bands that he's in, The Southern Shame, gave us permission during the first round of COVID to play a song they wrote about being locked up during the coronavirus. So it's uh, fun to talk about that. Oh, and by the way, today just happens to be his 45th birthday. Happy birthday, Andy. I love you. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. Whatever you're drinking and whatever you're drinking it out of might very well be turned by where and when you're listening. My choice, as usual, a Jasper Newton. Jack Daniels, Diet Coke with a lime. For you, whether it's a cup of coffee, glass of milk, mug of beer, a cocktail, glass of wine, or flute of champagne, lift it high and toast to those that believe. It's my love's favorite word. For her, it's believing in Santa, Christmas, and me. Uh, I happen to have a list in a journal of those that believe in me. It's a fluid list. Some people fall off. Other people join. But typically, and they don't know about it. It's just who I recognize as believing in me. And it stays around a dozen. So to all of you that believe, no matter the context, cheers to you. The Weekend Eve Toast is brought to you by The Sky and Tea. The Sky provides all caps fun, and that is best had with friends. Have fun playing darts, shooting pool, have fun listening to great live music from local musicians, or have fun singing at karaoke. Need some extra room to hold a company party or you're having a benefit? 
The Sky's back room fits the bill. No matter what's going on at the Sky, it's local and it's lively. What over the past week made Dave laugh, guffaw, chuckle, chortle, giggle, smile, or maybe even shed a tear of joy? The Rainbow Chorus had an amazing concert last Friday night, a night of Broadway show tunes that were absolutely spot on. And since they sang Seasons of Love from Rhett, it's an extra honorable mention this week. Thank you, Rainbow Chorus. Coming up later in the show, we hear from bass guitarist slash nephew Andy Wartman. Up next, actor-singer Kirsten Smith on the Dave Holly Hour. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics, inside Oscar's mini storage. We have thousands of classic vintage ceramic mold items and several new items too. TJS Ceramics offers classes, special open studio nights, and completed ready-to-purchase items. Bisque studio time or painting parties are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in person today or email tjsceramics at gmail.com for more details. Are you an artist? Need some funding to further your art? There's a great opportunity for you through a Sioux Falls Arts Council program. The Artist Microgrant program gives away several microgrants to local artists no matter what art discipline you're in. Unlike more traditional grants, a microgrant is very easy to apply for. Go to artssiouxfalls.org. If you haven't done so yet, create a listing on the artist directory, which is beneficial in its own way. Then go to the Artist Microgrants page and apply online. The process is simple. Find out more about the Sioux Falls Arts Council as well online at artssiouxfalls.org. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964. The Dave Holly Hour. Like eavesdropping on a great conversation between two very interesting people. Welcome back, everybody. Sure enough, you know I'm going to say it. It is always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. Always a pleasure to have a new guest on as well. I've been wanting to have this lady on for some time. And I, I do say lady because there was a chance she could have been the first lady of South Dakota. This is true. Wasn't to be, though. No. Doesn't mean we still don't want it. <laughs> Kirsten Smith, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? If I were any better, I'd be twins. Oh, I'd I get love it. Twice as much stuff done. <laughs> yeah, but you know, so it is. So I just go about having a couple of people on my show every yeah. week and talking about arts and entertainment. Boy, great. You know, we've known each other just over a year. Mm -hmm. We had been friends on Facebook, I believe, Correct. already. Uh, but we finally met in real life. Uh, as we were in the auditions mm -hmm. uh, for the Premier Playhouse. Yes. And so we both got in. You, you mm -hmm. were in one play and I was in the other. So we got to chat from time to time. Yeah. And uh, I also got to see your acting chops more. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you know, this gal's got it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, very much so. And well-deserved. And then, uh, sure enough, 
we're going to be in premiere premieres again, except yours is a little later. You, yes. You will be in the special one, the I Glass Menagerie. I am in the Menagerie. special, yes. Yes. I am. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But okay. We, this, was a, uh, this was hitting a triple today on this show. Because okay. I was going to talk to you about uh, being in Rainbow Chorus and then yes. Glass Menagerie. Yes. Um, and then I find out that you're in A Christmas Carol. You are correct. You kind of jumped into that late minute, didn't you? What I took place? did. Uh, one of the cast members got very, very ill and was advised not to continue. Mm. And so Oliver... Uh, reached out to me and said, hey, could you fill in for this part? Mm -hmm. And this was uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, okay, it's not a lot of lines. This will be fine. Uh -huh. And then the Monday after Thanksgiving, the director, Larry, um, calls me up and says, hey, we have somebody else who's gotten sick. <laughs> could you also play this part? And I took a moment on that one because I thought, I don't want to overcommit, but I also like to be helpful. So I agreed. So I am now Bumble with mm -hmm. the Bunty and Bumble combo, and I am Mrs. Fezziwig. Really? Which is a very fun part. That is a dandy role. Yes. Yeah. No yeah. doubt about that. Well, so when you were uh, looking at that, you go... Well, couldn't I just be an understudy for one? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, I um, really respect understudies. So, so my son studies at Nebraska Wesleyan is getting a Bachelor of Fine Arts in musical theater. And he was an understudy and a swing for four people. And uh, so he's learning four different people's parts and just has to be able to step in. And we do have understudies for this show, and but they have been a part of things pretty much from the beginning. And mm -hmm. so they've been learning their part alongside the character who they would fill in for. I don't think I want to be an understudy. It's There is so much pressure on that. This is oh, a little okay. bit better for me um, because I just know that these are my parts and I know that I'm going to be performing them right. every time. I'm not going to be like, is, is tonight? Do I go on tonight? I'm not sure. So I would prefer not to be an understudy from what I've seen. It's that's a lot of work and you don't get much time to rehearse. So it's it's yeah. a tough, tough thing. Yeah. Yeah, like being on the B squad. Yeah. Maybe right. whereas this was And you more never like, know when you're gonna get yeah. called up. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this was more, hey, we got an opening. Yeah. We need you. Oh, yeah. hey, we have a second opening. Yes. Oh goodness gracious. So <laughs> tell us about those two parts, what you enjoy about each one of them. Well, they're very different from each other. Mm -hmm. Bumble is much more proper. Um, she and Bunty are sort of tied at the hip and are constantly trying to raise money uh, to help out the poor. And um, their interactions with Scrooge are immensely fun because um, Tom Roberts gets into mm -hmm. it and he allows us the freedom to, to react to him. And it just it's amazing to work with an actor with such um, skill because it's such a gift that's given. And so that part for me, it, not that I haven't ever worked with people who are skilled before. I'm not saying that. But in this particular instance, that's what I found the most delightful is that I have an opportunity to work in, in conjunction with somebody and, and do it so well. So and that's been super fun with that one. Um, Mrs. Fezziwig is very different. She's uh, supposedly a little more body and uh, very uh, excitable and loves throwing parties she sort of lives for the parties and uh, so in um christmas carol she is she and her husband mr fezziwig are the ones that are throwing these parties and within those parties that happen over a few years um scrooge and his love 
come together and eventually come back apart. Um, and in that one, I get to work with um, Dave Baumeister, and, and that has been a treat because he's done this for a long time. And um, it's just, it's fun to interact off of each other, even on stage, just some things we haven't rehearsed. But again, that that playing off of each other. I think mm-hmm. that's really what I'm finding the most fun in makes, all of this. makes the character so much more oh, realistic as well. And when it's you so get much that, easier. Like, it is yeah. so much easier when people are giving, right? And you can give back. It just, it's amazing. All right. Now, every year the cast changes for mm-hmm. this, although Tom Roberts has uh, maintained the, the Scrooge part for some mm-hmm. time. Um, is this making you say, well, you know, next year maybe I'll uh, hop in and just want to be in it from um, the beginning? I'm I'm gonna not make a commitment to that. Um, I this has been an incredible learning experience for me, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. Um, it has also taken up an enormous amount mm-hmm. of time, and this time of year, having four hours rehearsal every night becomes makes everything more complicated in life. So I think I would like to. Um, Ask me maybe when the run is through, when I've done it and I've gotten to perform. Right. And I'm like, yes, I will do this forever. Um, so right now I'm just, I'm just, you know, getting through now. All right. So when did acting start for you? Well, <clears throat> I was Princess Rose in a fifth grade play and I thought I was so amazing. It, huh? <laughs> and I got to borrow this really cool, beautiful dress. And um, and at that point I was bitten, but I, I didn't know exactly because... I went through the music route. So I played trumpet. I took piano lessons for 13 years. I got to do a little bit of vocal. And so acting sort of became something off to the side. Mm -hmm. And I I think I didn't think that I was capable. Um, So in high school, we, uh, I played in the pit. And so I was adjacent to the the theater, the actors. um, And that was always an amazing experience. And then we moved my junior year, middle of my junior year of high school. And the new school that I went to had a spring show. Actually, it was early summer. And I thought, what the heck? I'm going to try out. Mm-hmm. And uh, to my surprise, I got in. I was a Shapoopy dancer. Oh. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, what else? I was a townsperson. In Music Man. Um, in Music Man, yeah. yes. And that was much, so much fun. So the next year, I thought, well, I'll try again. Now, did, did, you, did you go, boy, it's fun, if nothing else, just to say Shapoopy? Yes. Yeah. Oh, over and over and over and over. Yeah. You know, my 16-year-old self thought that was pretty hilarious yeah, to I say it imagine. over and over and over. <laughs> I know that my 16-year-old self would have been that <laughs> well, way, Well, even too. now, yeah. as my 52-year-old self, it's fun to say Shapoopy. Um, right. so, so then, so eventually I got the lead the next year in um, the high school play in Brigadoon, and I was like, what is that oh, about? I don't wow. even know, like, why am I in this part? And then I graduated and and I just still didn't have the confidence. So I did one show in college. Mm-hmm. But then a few years ago, Mama Mia was going to be produced. And I had always told myself that if that ever came, there came an opportunity to try out for it, I would do that. So I took lessons from the wonderful Amy Morrison. Oh, yeah. And um, got to be in the play. And I woke up one morning and my friend or my friend, my sister-in-law, Carrie, uh, had called me and said, you need to look at the cast list. And I thought, oh, man, I'm I'm going to be like, I don't know, townsperson number two again. <laughs> and much to my surprise, I was Donna. I was the lead. Yeah. So after a 28-year hiatus, I stepped back in, and I have not looked back ever since. That's awesome. Um, it's just, it's so addicting. 
Yeah, uh, and uh, we're looking forward again to uh, this coming year. But before we move on to acting again, yeah, let's uh, talk about uh, we just. Uh, I and uh, my love were there to watch yes. um, the Rainbow Chorus yes. and a, a beautiful night at Broadway tunes. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. So and fun to sing. When did you decide to get involved in that? Was it from the beginning? No. Um, they they kind of got together about a year ago in December. Mm-hmm. So they're very new. And um, I had missed their first concert. So, but I went, went to the next one. My husband and I both did. And we were listening and we're like, separately we decided we needed to be in it i came over and i'm like i'm thinking of joining and he's saying the same thing to me kind of a thing um so it was just this Way fall to go, jamie yeah exactly <laughs> it was this fall he we both love to sing mm-hmm. um and haven't found the opportunity that was the right fit for us right and uh so i love being able to sing i love being able to sing in a group there's something about the energy when everything comes together mm-hmm. very much like acting um and it's it's really fun to be a part of an important cause and to support people who traditionally perhaps have not felt supported. Right. So it's it's just such the concert was an amazing experience in that way. Yeah. And on all levels, all those different facets. Yeah. And Dale Huber's one of directors. Yes. Oh my. And the accompanist. <laughs> oh yeah. He. I don't even know. I took piano wow. and I'm like I don't even know how how to play that. So he was yeah. Fantastic. Well, we had a, a really great view of him. Yeah. And it's like. Okay. I didn't expect that part coming and those fingers going that oh way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in those medallies when you have yeah. to all of a sudden just shift gears. Yeah. yeah he he but, was great. Uh, very good stuff. And like you said, a, a great cause. Yes. Uh, and uh, the thing that I like about their concerts are the fact that uh, there's a testimonial. Yes. Uh, or two. Uh, in fact, the first one, I think there were like four or five. Mm-hmm. And uh, just fantastic to hear people's stories. Yes. And, and then, heartbreaking. Yeah. Very true, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what uh, people have gone through yes. uh, to get to this point to, you know, have some inclusiveness mm-hmm. and uh, to have a situation like this. Yes, a community. You know, a, yeah, a community that allows it and the fact that, you know, normally this would have been, oh, yes, the, the gay chorus of San Francisco mm-hmm. or uh, pick a major metro area. Right. Not a, a city of 208,000. Correct. Yeah. And in a state that is primarily red. red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a, a fantastic bit. All right. Now okay. we move on. Yes. Yes. All right. So you are going to be in the Glass Menagerie. Yes. Which is uh, actually kind of part of uh, the premier premieres, but mm-hmm. it's more, I, I can't remember the official title. I don't remember yet. either. Yeah. It's but a, it's going to be later something. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the premier premieres will be in February, mm-hmm. and then Glass Menagerie is in March. Correct. Yeah. And you are the mama. I am. Mm-hmm. And this was another situation where I didn't expect to be in the part I am. I had gone in just to actually audition for the premiere premieres, and mm-hmm. they were auditioning Glass Menagerie at the same time. And I went in and just said, I'll be anything. You know, just, right. I'm, I'm just good with the part. Yeah, yeah, it was fun last year. And, and, um, so they had us read. Did they have us? Yeah, I think they had us read a Glass Menagerie side. Um, but anyway, I got called back and I got called back for Glass Menagerie. And I'm like, oh, there aren't many parts in that show. There's <laughs> like four actors. Wait a minute. What? I'm getting called back for that? And uh, so I went back 
And I always have to be better than everybody else. So I put on my very best acting hat, like like this was going to be my moment, not so much to get the part, but because I didn't want to look silly in front of all the people sitting in there. So I did that. And I was like, OK, well, that was fine. And I'm obviously not going to be in premiere premieres. And if I'm not in this, it's OK. I have other things that I'm involved in. It's great. And then I find out I got the part of Amanda. And uh, let me tell you, it is daunting. Yeah. It is incredibly daunting. Big role. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. The amount of uh, the number of monologues, sort of monologues, but I mean, just ch- huge chunks of text. Mm. It's just it's crazy. Um, so I've had the script and I've been looking it over. My, I told Oliver Mays that I wanted to have it all memorized by the time we started rehearsing in January. I am not going to get there. Uh, so, <laughs> still, so still I have to tell effort, Oliver though. that. Oliver, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, partly because this other opportunity came in and the time True. I was going to dedicate, right. uh, I haven't been able to do that. So, But yeah, just trying to understand the character and the complexities of that character and what's driving her, what she wants. Um, we're going to have a read through coming up on the 18th. And I think that may be a time when we can explore some of that and, mm-hmm. and clarify that for each other. Um, so I'm, I'm excited, but I'm scared. All right. Honestly, I'm scared. Okay. So uh, you said you put on, when you had the call back, mm-hmm. your, your best acting hat. Yep. What is Kirsten Smith's best oh, acting Oh my goodness. Hat? I just, I become like, my, my energy level goes super high and I'm really animated, and I'm like, I have to be better than everybody else, and so I, I'm just trying to ooze the character from what I can understand and trying to make different choices than other people might make mm-hmm. um, to, to separate myself from others. Um, and then there were a couple times when we were asked to try that, whatever that scene just was, a different way with a different approach, and so then doing that, I'm like, okay, well, I have to be the best, and... Um, so I don't know. I just, it's like, it's very much like when I step on a stage, um, there's something that happens, um, that doesn't happen for me until there's an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even running this show right now, I'm, I'm doing fine. Um, but not fine enough for me, but I do know that once there's an audience that will kick it up yeah. a notch. And so it was that similar feeling in the audition. Were you competitive as a, a child? Yes, but not in sports. Um, I was competitive primarily with myself. Okay. Um, I held and do hold myself to very high standards. And um, so I think that's part of it. Um, because it yeah, seems like yeah. you keep building and, and one-upping your own self even. Uh, yeah, I try. Yeah. Um, I, I also am trying to push myself beyond what I think my limits are. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in my life, um, both of my boys are gone to school. And so there's a lot more time that I can play with. And I want to make sure that I'm, I continue to push myself to improve and to learn and to grow. And so I think that comes in too, when I'm auditioning, I'm like, okay, well, I want to do the best I can here. But yeah, I, I think I've always been competitive, um, in board games and things like right. that. Just I'm not sporty, <laughs> but uh, but musically and so forth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. We would have contest, and I would want to be the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be first chair. Oh yes, 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 yes. All right. All and of those uh, so you chose trumpet as an instrument. But, I did. Uh, you played piano for 13 years. Yes. 
And was that a uh, situation of you got to choose to play piano for 13 years or were there parental, um, Mm -hmm. you have to play piano? Right, right, right. Um, So at the beginning it was you have to play piano. Mm -hmm. But I found that I fell in love. I completely fell in love with piano. And so many days that was my outlet. If I had a bad day, I would just sit down at the piano and just play. Just play and play and play. Um, And I thought, I mean, I thought I would continue on beyond with piano. Um, I was, I took it in college. Um, I had a a pro music scholarship for that. And then things, some things just uh, went awry and and that path just stopped. Life changes. And and, uh, so now I can plunk some things out, but I certainly don't have the uh, same skills that I did years ago. What do you think it takes to be a great entertainer, whether it be in music or whether it be on stage? Mm. I think there needs to be authenticity, which sounds a little strange because you're pretending you're somebody else and acting, mm-hmm. right? Um, but people know when you're faking it. There's there's some... Um, so it's like the, the saying, um, Kirsten Smith, as if, she's whatever part right as if she's bumble and that piece of of you that you bring i think people know when you're being authentic with it um and that you're fully present in it um so i i think there's that piece um for me i love comedy i don't do stand-up comedy i never would but i love comedic timing and so i think being good at that um, can draw people in and they you get, they get surprised and then they're, you know, engaged in that. Um, I think it takes somebody a, 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 who a good performer listens to the other people on the stage. They don't just recite the yeah, lines. Like you were saying they earlier, getting connect. the gift. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a back and forth. Um, you need to listen to what they're saying and then your lines are responding to that. And so you have to know what they just said. It can't just be robotic. Um, and I think it takes, well, it takes guts. I mean, there's a lot of people who are in theater who aren't perhaps um, outgoing otherwise. Right. There are a lot of introverts. Yeah, a lot that, of introverts. get them on stage. Yeah, and it's a whole other yeah. thing. Um, I think because they get to be somebody else. They get yeah. to pretend. I mean, that is for me. I'm an uh, extroverted introvert, and uh, <laughs> it's very complicated. But um, But the minute I'm on stage, I feel like I'm home. I'm like, all right, and now I've got this power over all of you people looking at me and I can make you laugh. I can make you cry. I hope I don't make you bored, but you know, you, there's just something about that connection. Oh, I just, I have goosebumps talking about it. Now, obviously, uh, when you started doing some theater, Mm -hmm. you were in some musicals Mm -hmm. and your music background obviously helped you. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think it's like for somebody that doesn't have a music background and all of a sudden they want to be in theater and yeah. it's, a, it's a musical? Well, um, I would say if you're going to go into theater and you aren't musically inclined, I would suggest starting with a, just a straight play first mm-hmm. um, just to get the acting chops down. Um, you know, the uh, the people that you work with, um, your director and your stage manager and all those kinds of people and the music people for the musical, are there to help you and we'll definitely get you on the right track and um, help you learn however you learn. So if you don't read music, we could do it by listening. Um, so it's, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say that my voice is, I'm uncomfortable with my voice. I don't feel confident in it. Um, and by taking those lessons with Amy, it helped. I still would get on stage and think, why am I the one up here singing? <laughs> but, um, but there are people there to help you out. 
So even if you are not musically inclined or don't have experience, I think there are people there who have your back. What's the role you dream about? Oh, I've already had it. (laughs) I've always wanted, well, I thought I wanted to be Donna's um, sidekick friend that was played by my sister-in-law. But then I got the part of Donna and that, I mean, it's going to be hard to ever top that for me. Uh Amanda in Glass Menagerie is going to be amazing and a challenge. But in terms of pure joy, Donna and Mamma Mia was was the pinnacle. It was my entrance and and a peak at the same time for me. Who do you look up to as an actor? Mm, Lots of people. Tom Roberts, um, who is playing Scrooge, he's... The way he can, can can transform himself into this character is just and and be consistent throughout the entire True. show. I mean, he he just never drops out of character. So I watch him very closely as he acts, and I try to see what kinds of things he does to give that authenticity. Um, Terry Zerfus, oh, um, yeah. she I got to be in a show with her in the premiere premieres last yep. year, and I watch her now. And again, there's the there's an authenticity there. She's such a natural. And she has such great comedic timing. She can choose things that are different every night. And so we're all laughing every time we're watching the rehearsal. Um, so I really admire her. Um, who else do I look up to? Hmm. I'm sure there are others, but nobody else is coming to mind right now. I'm sorry if you're no. listening and I don't. Oh, uh, what, what about uh, on the uh, the big screen and, oh. and, the, and the TV and so forth? You I know, don't know the, if I have anybody. Ones so well, forth. Sarah Bareilles. Ah. Uh, waitress is playing in the movie theaters. That's and right. I had seen it on Broadway with her in it. Uh-huh. And so that performance, that run was on um, screen. I saw it this weekend. And um, she just amazes me with her chameleon-like ways i mean she's a singer primarily but the woman steps out on broadway and just kills the part with such ease it's just it's fascinating to watch so i really enjoy her um trying to think of who else i don't really i don't pay as much attention to that i look at more at shows than i do at um specific performers Mm -hmm. does that make sense Certainly. Yeah. But uh, the ones that you listed on the local basis, definitely. Oh, my gosh, uh, that, yes. That's a list. Mm-hmm. Those are the heavy hitters. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So we always end up our conversations with two questions. How okay. you answer the first one might depend on how you answer the second. We need. All right. So question number one, mm-hmm. when you're not involved with the arts and entertainment, what do you like to be entertained by? The local arts and entertainment. Yeah. I mean, really, we have such a rich array. I'm amazed. I've been in Sioux Falls for 33 years, and I'm amazed at at these last 10 years what has just blossomed. There are so many opportunities that mm-hmm. uh, we are frequent flyers at many of the local shows. Um, and I mean, otherwise, the occasional movie, those kinds yeah. of things. But but really, live theater, there's nothing quite like it. That's or live sure. performance. Or live music. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing is it's, it's never ending because we have so many oh, people so much talent. involved. And it's yep. just great to see that. Mm-hmm. I have a list right now of about 50 people that I still need to get on the show sometime. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, the fact that people aren't just in the arts. They become the arts and they are taking the time to hone their crafts, mm-hmm. whether they're a singer 
a dancer, yep. an uh, actor, or a writer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's part of the fun about the, the premiere of Careers. Oh, yeah. We get brand new spanking plays that were written mm-hmm. locally. Yep. Always fun. Yeah. All right. Then the final question is, okay. any other hobbies? Well, right now, no, because all I'm doing is working and yeah. going to rehearsals. Um, I, well, I love to read. I'm a librarian. Um, so a lot of my time is, I have a couple book clubs and I'm in, so then I read for those things. And I love organizing things. I don't know if that's a hobby, but I love keeping my home organized mm-hmm. and and decorated the right way. Right. So that I oftentimes find myself doing that, which seems like work, but it doesn't feel like it because yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm an organizer too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a symptom type thing or anything. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I, I Actually, I'm going to follow up with one more thing because yeah. this is a Christmas time and yep. you are in a Christmas carol. Correct. Uh, what type of traditions in the Smith household? Well, we uh, typically spend Christmas Eve. Um, my in-laws live right next door. We share a yard. Mm-hmm. And so we walk across the yard on Christmas Eve. We have church. And then we open presents that night. And then the following day on Christmas Day, we open Santa's gifts at home, even though my boys are 22 and 19. And uh, and then on Christmas Day, we drive out to Wisconsin to where my side of the family okay. is and spend a few days. So, oh. yeah, it's, it's packed full. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Kirsten Smith, appreciate the time. I appreciate being asked to be and here. You Thank have, you so much. You're quite welcome. Have a, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays Thank and a you. wonderful New Year. You as well. All right. And we'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at XL Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or exochiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. XL Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. Check out the new Ceramic Studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street, TJS Ceramics. Inside Oscar's Mini Storage, Bisque, Studio Time, Painting Parties, and Finished Items are available. Visit TJS Ceramic Studio in Sioux Falls today. People ask him where he got his top shelf voice. Dime Store? Bargain. Once again, here's Dave Holly. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, you know what I'm going to say, but it's going to be a twist this time. It's always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire arts and entertainment, but the Sioux Empire has gone a little more countrywide. As we're down in Tennessee and speaking with my nephew, Andy Wartman. How are you, Andy? I'm well, thank you. Glad to hear that. You know, you've actually been a part of the uh, Dave Holly Hour in the midst of covid we, we did get a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah because, uh, you know, we were having the times of, you know, uh, I, I only missed two shows because of the COVID situation. That's pretty good. Not bad at all, you know, and uh, very proud of that. But in the meantime, 
one of the bands that you were involved in, Southern Shame, yeah, put out a single called Locked Up. Locked Up. Yeah, and we yeah. got to use it. And I think one of the greatest things about that was the fact that, you know, in podcasting world, you have to worry about copyright. You don't get right. that little thing, yeah, you know, yeah. that says you get five seconds without having to worry about it. That's that's false. So every time that I actually get to use music that's copyrighted versus royalty free, I have to get permission. And uh, so I said, well, Andy, uh, you know, any chance that I'd be able to use this on my podcast? So I need you to ask the gentleman that wrote it. And well, we can't say exactly yeah, what yeah, he we said can't, we can't. It was, on this because it's it an exuberant family yes family show. We yeah, have yeah. to label it as explicit in that case. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, he said, "Share it." Mm, yes, yeah. That, let's say that. Yeah, yeah. Free for the people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's one of two bands you're in, Southern yeah. Shame. And what's the name of the other one? That is a, uh, you know, well, it's a Pearl Jam tribute band yeah right? yeah indifference indifference which is the title of a pearl jam right song. Yeah. okay so that that's why we get that what got your musical career started oh geez that's quite a question um i don't know i started uh i mean you know mom and dad right sing in church all that kind of stuff and then they asked me if i wanted to take piano lessons uh, when i was a kid in high school which i did and which i was okay at but i never felt like i was really mm -hmm. good at um, and then around that time I got a guitar, like I think half teenage boys right. ever do at least and teenage girls for that matter. And whoever else, um, and I only learned the cowboy chords and was never that good at that either. <laughs> and then, um, honestly, I don't think he would listen to this so I can admit to this. There's this dude that was the former bass player of the Southern shame and, he uh he was always just a touch cocky in my opinion. I hope he never hears this. I feel <laughs> terrible saying this, but he was like he was the kid who like when I was a kid in band, right, gave me a hard time on the bus for like oh look at the band geek carrying his trombone and all this and that right. And like I saw this guy play bass and I was like man I feel like I could play bass at least that well. So I just got a bass and started playing on honestly with just the idea of like, let me see if I can be as good as him pretty much. And like, and then I just tried to get better after that. And there came a time where they went to put that band back together uh, because they'd broken up our singer, Jason, one of his daughters had cancer and they just mm -hmm. had to kind of quit doing it because they didn't have time. And, um, he, this other guy didn't want to do it. So they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And from that, I've gotten to meet all these other people in just Nashville and Murfreesboro and wherever else yeah. and gotten to play with them for fun. You know, I mean, you, it's fun. Like it's exactly like I wanted it to be in the way of like when you hear like, not like we're on this level, but like when you hear those cool things like, yeah, Steven Stills played with Jimi Hendrix at one time. And like where it's just all they're all friends. It's fun to be like, oh, you really do just make friends and get to be like, hey, man, do you want to come play with this thing we're doing? We're doing mm -hmm. a one off. You know, I think it started out like a long time ago that they did this Pearl Jam thing. Not a long time ago, but a good five or six years ago as just a, a one off kind of tribute to this one right. album versus. And now uh, it's the 30-year anniversary, and we're doing that again. And on that one, they didn't even ask me along, but I got asked for subsequent ones. Mm -hmm. And 
I I was like the B team bass player, and then the other guy just wasn't that interested you were the in it. Bass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I got I got promoted. I guess they, they called me up to the majors. All right. Uh, so bass, you had trombone though. Uh, yeah, so obviously yeah, you're on yeah. the bass clef. Yeah, and tuba, but that. both of those, I was not. Oh, I never knew about I was tuba. not good at either, really. I never really? was that great. Yeah. You don't even. Tuba was a lot easier, though. Your embouchure is a lot looser, and you True. don't have yeah. to mess with the slide positions. It's just the three buttons. It was. <laughs> but I was, I stunk. I tried to join marching band and couldn't march. Just uh, sad. That coordination wasn't. Yeah, it was not, not, no, time, not right? at all. Yeah. Like, not even to march. Like, they, they had to, like, pull me aside and try to get me to do it. It was sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right so the trombone i mean do you still have one we do yeah okay yeah, yeah uh james will pull it out and just mess around with yeah. it and blow on my son uh, yeah. who is sitting next to me podcast listeners yeah say hello james hello and, and he's going to be the subject of another <laughs> oh all right yeah, yeah, i'm gonna interview you. him after, after oh, i interview you're you you're fancy man yeah how about nice. that huh you know, right on yeah, and we're going to talk about a lot of things with that. All right, I'm Ooh. curious. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you, you know. Well, he'll have well, things have to say. Video proof that the boy can dance. Oh, <laughs> I, caught, I caught that the other day at uh, Chewy's. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, for those that uh, are you know in in the Great Sioux Empire, take a look at Chevy's. Take a look at the font. Take a look at the way that they do their logo, and it says Tex Mex. All you have to do is make C H E V Y apostrophe S C H U E Y S. Correct? I think it's just U Y. U Y. Yeah, yeah. U Y. Okay, that's that's Chewy's down south. Do they really? They've just seriously. So it, one in, has in obviously co-opted the other's I, font. It's I, hard I to say so. who came Pre first. Pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> or if they don't know about each other, somebody's got a great lawsuit on okay. copyrights coming their way, don't they? <laughs> right. <on. laughs> Uh, because I just, with the way that I know you and what you love about music and the vast, mm. if there's anybody that has a more eclectic taste in music than I do, it's you. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. That means I mean, a lot. Uh, you know, well, I, th I think you're the first one I knew of John Lee Hooker, mm. but when you got an album of his and you were like, seventh or eighth grade yeah. like, okay <laughs> Just, i better listen to this you know a lot of that go boom 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 you know like the uh those columbia house things that oh, used to come yeah, for the, the cd the, thing well, they would send out lps, uh, LPs. Yeah. yeah yeah it was cds for me and um i've always wanted on a quick side note to find one of those old lp things and see if you could send it in and see if they'd send you anything back <laughs> still like would they be like no this is this deal expired buddy but oh, um my. but they had like a little blues pamphlet that came with the little mailer and mm -hmm. um there were a bunch of blues cds marked way down so it was almost just in the interest of like i need more cds and i just bought a bunch of you know five dollar blues records or cds whatever you want to call right. them and that's how i learned a bunch of that stuff it was almost just by like wanting to get cheap cds okay. and having new music All to right, listen so to you, let, let's go back to uh you you wanted to say well i think i can play bass as well as this guy at least right, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. are you self-taught on uh, the bass no, i took lessons from you a did? guy okay. yeah yeah named Corey nichols here in town mm -hmm. who's a really good bass player he's got an excellent ear he can just do that thing where i know a lot of people can do this but like you'd hand him a song and he'd be like just he'd be like okay that's the the one four the minor third that kind of thing right. which i just i can't do i have to 
play by ear over and over again. I, I, it's one of those things that I find you get better at the more you do it. But if mm -hmm. I slack on it and don't practice playing by ear, I will very easily default to looking up some music online or something like yeah. that, which is lazy. Yeah. I really ought to do uh, more now, ear playing. I, and I've never played it. You know, a lot of people talk about learning. Well, I played Guitar Hero. Do they have a bass hero? You can play bass on Guitar on Hero. Guitar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's this neat game called, what is it called, James? Rocksmith. Have you seen that I at all? I have not, no. You, it's, it's like a quarter-inch cable that plugs into USB into your PS4 or Xbox or what have you or mm -hmm. computer, and it translates the sound signal, and it's like Guitar Hero, except it's actual frets on a bass or guitar. Okay. And it will actually teach you how to play a stringed instrument, which I think is super cool. That is. You know, technology is, is yeah. so many men things different you know just uh, take a look at the gear that i have for a podcast right you know <laughs> no, this, down this here in mount rig. juliet tennessee and uh you know running off some batteries and it's digital yeah yeah, yeah it's amazing what's uh, come along what uh has been the most important part of your music career most important part yeah what oh. what guides it you know what what made you decide that you know hey all right, so I am at least as good as this bass okay. player or not, but uh, you know what what drives you beyond that? I mean, it's just fun to uh it's so much fun to get to play with like a group of people. Mm -hmm. Um like in the case of say Jason from the Southern Shame who writes our songs, uh he just writes these really fun kind of slightly left to center songs. I wouldn't call them joke songs necessarily, uh -huh. but there's always one lyric that's just a little sideways and weird and <laughs> kind of funny, you know, it just makes you laugh in a dark humor sort of way. Um, and then our drummer Tracy is just really fun in the way he played in a lot of punk bands and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. but he doesn't necessarily gravitate towards playing punk rock anymore, but he's still got this kind of fast feel to him and he loves to play drum fills that are just a little weird that don't quite sound normal but they just fit in there mm -hmm. just right um and then like with the pearl jam thing all those guys are really good uh and it's one of those things where you feel like you're the the fanboy who got to like sneak in and play with them or something like that like our lead guitarist <laughs> right away with is, the circus yeah yeah <laughs> lead guitarist is super good and the singer has this other band called red river hymn that's really great and i with Pearl Jam, I think anyone who's heard them knows how distinct the Eddie Vedder voice is. True. And I think what our singer uh, Patton does is tries to just almost not even do that. I mm. think he, he goes for the notes. He right. goes for the general intensity. But I think he tries to just sing it in his own voice. He's not trying to be which, Eddie Vedder. Which I think is a better thing to do. I think you're just fouling up if you try to even yeah, well then, imitate then it becomes that. all the comparisons yeah 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 um but yeah the drummer he's awesome this guy joe west he just hits the drums so hard and with uh southern shame uh do you classify that as indie rock i don't know you got uh what did we get called one time americana i think we got okay. thrown into once um Someone gave us, which we really appreciated, like a Violent Femmes, uh, if you've ever listened to them, right. uh, with how they've got kind of mostly acoustic type stuff. Mm -hmm. But we have, we used to do that more. I guess we've kind of drifted away from that. Jason plays an electric most of the time now. Um, but that was a fun, that's one of those comparisons where you're like, okay, sure, we'll take Violent Femmes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I get it's it's a little countryish. It it's almost at this point though, kind of become just Jason will come up with a song and we'll try to put a certain feel onto it, whether it tries it's our attempt at like a booty call song or right. you know, <laughs> whether it's just like something that's you know, this might sound a little Johnny Cash like, but not entirely and just whatever's fun, really. Yeah. All right, with uh, indifference, then uh, is it a, a true tribute band or just a a cover band? I guess the way I understand it, it's supposed to be. I guess since we only do Pearl Jam songs or songs that Pearl Jam will play live regularly. Okay, so then it's uh, a tribute band. So it's a tribute band. Yeah, yeah you're not yeah. just covering some other songs. And oh, by the way, we play some. Here's other here's a few Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely all that, with the exception of Pearl Jam. We'll do say like a uh, couple Neil Young songs. Mm-hmm. So we'll do those just for fun, like Rockin' in the Free World or something True, like yeah. that. You know, just fun stuff like oh, just that. Just like you know, Dave Matthews Band. Uh, you know, all along the Watchtower. Yeah, they do yeah. Sledgehammer now oh, regularly. Yeah, oh, I've got to hear that. Years, yeah. Oh, okay, I got to hear that. <laughs> What do you admire as a bass player then? Oh, I mean, well, Jeff Amon from Pearl Jam is a really good bass player. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is probably like this with a lot of guys if you get forced into learning everything they've ever done. But he's really good at uh, kind of alternating between just having a cool, groovy bass line to just kind of locking in really tight with the drums and almost playing along with the drummer's beat specifically. He'll also sometimes more accompany the singer mm-hmm. yeah, almost where he's kind of like a like you know that quality of like the piano and bridge over troubled water how oh, it fits so right. perfectly yeah. with the vocal he'll almost granted it's on a bass but he'll almost kind of lock in like that like uh, a good example of someone else who does that is james jamerson from motown mm-hmm. that guy is amazing like he's really good at locking in like having a counter melody going to the melody that's going on and you listen to all those songs so many times you don't realize how awesome the bass lines are in almost all motown songs i mean i i guess all not just almost all they're right. all just incredible and they're they had this other dude bob babbitt that kind of filled his shoes some but he had the Jamerson style so much that the, those two guys and the motown stuff it's just all i love that kind of thing. I could listen to that all day. All right. You grew up in a, a family of singers. Mm. Um, and do the either of the bands take advantage of your singing ability? I sing a little bit in the Southern Shame, but uh-huh. a lot of the times it's too much hassle to set up a mic and we just won't do it. <laughs> um, and I I will be the first to admit that like if if I needed to stop and work on something, it would be playing and singing at the same time. Like, I don't see how Paul McCartney sings all the melodies for the ba- for the Beatles songs and yeah. plays the bass lines that he plays. I find it to be exceptionally difficult. Like singing around a campfire and just strumming like chords on an acoustic guitar, not so hard, but trying to play, say, an intricate bass line other than just root notes and singing at the same time uh-huh. is hard, I feel like, because it's almost like you've got a counter melody that you're playing and trying to keep up with the melody in your head at the same time. So I'm not that great at it. So that's one reason I don't I don't do it at all in the indifference thing because right. I just feel like I'm um, trying to keep up already. Yeah. Okay. And, and one of the things that I wanted to bring up uh, as talking to you, uh, because I asked you long ago when you first got in with Southern Shame and so mm-hmm. forth, that uh, I think people in uh, in the Sioux Empire 
that are in bands and so forth are going to be surprised by. You know, because one time I said, well, you know, when you get to play in, in, in Nashville, you know, what do you guys earn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next to nothing sometimes. Right. A lot of the time. A lot it, of the, yeah. And you ahead. were telling me that you've got to pay. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. even then, sometimes beyond that, uh, pay a sound guy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, That's come to work out pretty well most of the time lately to where it's it kind of stinks because you'd like to maybe have a free show. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what you'll end up doing is just charging a $5 cover just right. so you can make back what it costs to pay the sound guy. Yeah. Or something like well, that. Well, and, and yeah. uh, you know, we were, uh, your, your Aunt Carrie and I were down on Broadway uh, the other day, and uh, almost everybody in, in those bars on Broadway in Nashville mm-hmm. playing for tips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, nobody's making it big down here until they make it big. Yeah, the- yeah. I would hope that those guys are maybe getting paid by the venue. I can't yeah. say for sure. Uh, like with the Pearl Jam thing, we've gotten to play a cool, a few cool, nice venues mm-hmm. like um, this bar in, uh, or not a bar, it's a brewery called Hop Springs out in Murfreesboro. Okay. That was like a really nice gig. Yeah. Like it was one of those things where you go in and you're treated so nicely and you're just not expecting like all this like, oh, yeah, what do you guys need? Oh, do you do you each want your own personal wedge monitor? Well, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, please. Thank you. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And like you leave and you get like a decent paycheck where you're like, holy crap, I think this is more than I've ever made paying like any gig. Right. All put together yeah. up until this point. So <laughs> you do get some fun ones like that. It's funny good. how when it's a good, nice good, one, good. how everything is just so much nicer. It's not yeah. just a little bit nicer. Just everything is <laughs> way nicer. All right. So what do you expect of the future uh, as you uh, continue to play, being involved in a couple of things? Oh, um, yeah. I would hope with it's not as if I'm trying to say, like, I'm only in it for the money, but it would be super nice to be able with the Pearl Jam thing at this point the indifference where we've learned so many songs that I think we could get by with so long as we're practicing on our own at home, mm-hmm. if we have minimal rehearsals together, I think there are certain songs we've done enough times that we know each other well enough that if we were to just get the privilege of every now and then you'll get like an actual cold request from, you know, some bar in Kentucky or something that's like, hey, we were looking for a Pearl Jam tribute band. Would you guys want to come up? And one time that just didn't work out because we all had something going on that uh-huh. weekend. But It'd be really cool if you had stuff like that where you just actually get asked for gigs instead of having to pursue them and you just make a nice little bit of money that you can put really probably towards buying more gear to do another well, thing. Well, yes, yeah. It's what uh, I have been told uh, those of us that uh, have gear and want more, it's called gas. Yeah, yeah, the gear, gear acquisition, acquisition syndrome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, have a lot of gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's easy to get that. Yeah, and okay, you know, one of the questions I always like to ask of uh, guitar players, especially on this, mm. is how many guitars do they have? So do you okay. have more than one bass? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, kind of figured yeah, you did. Yeah, what, yeah. What's our number then? <laughs> Let's see, There's uh, there are two just... Pretty much straight ahead electric bases. Mm-hmm. Um, then I found, I don't know if you guys have stores like this in Sioux Falls, but I imagine it's hard to think you don't. We have this place called uh, Essex Bargain Hunt that is like where people return stuff from Amazon. Oh, yeah. But they just sell the truckload and sell uh-huh. it at the store. I found in there on a top shelf 
an electric upright bass. Oh wow. Uh that would normally be like eight hundred bucks or uh-huh. something like that. And I got it for like four hundred and fifty or something like that. And it was one of those things where when you see it, it's like that's not they don't have something like that. It, what? Oh, no. You I know? have a neighbor that has a uh, personalized special one made for him. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's he, real cool. A lot of bass. That's yeah. neat. <laughs> so I got that. Uh, since we started doing the Indifference thing and the Pearl Jam thing, they have several songs that feature a 12-string bass, which is kind of like... Wow. Okay, so you Doesn't know like... the richness like, of like a 12-string guitar then? It's that same thing except okay. that instead of having uh still essentially like four places for you to put your fingers mm-hmm. the way there would be four strings except instead of doubling them like they do with a 12 string guitar they double them even more it's two it's like one thick string and two treble strings wow one thick string two treble strings and okay. down the line whereas an eight string bass what i have is minus one of those extra treble strings all right uh and that's pretty neat it's it's got like a real jangly sound like a 12 string guitar does and it's it's fun i've yet to figure out a lot of ways to use it because it feels a little bit like a one of my favorite things about bass is how you can sound really cool without necessarily uh showing off and it's hard to play that instrument without kind of being like look at me you hear this bass it's got treble in it now you can hear everything i'm doing so it's hard to not seem flashy, I guess, when yeah. you're using it. I always like to end with the two questions, and sometimes uh, the answer to the first negates having to ask okay. the second. But a little different situation. You know, normally I ask, uh, you know, when you're not part of the arts and entertainment scene here, uh, what do you like to be entertained by? Uh, and then any hobbies. Well, still basically the same questions. But before we even get to that, um, for a living, you know, uh, tell us uh, what you do. Oh. I'm an EEG tech. Put a bunch of wires on people's heads and watch their brain waves to see if they're having seizures or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, a lot of uh, like sleep apnea things and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also a sleep tech. I just don't use that anymore, okay. really. Um, but yeah, you would check for sleep apnea and that kind of right. thing. That uh, we were mentioning before you started recording about like the take home sleep tests. Yeah. Those have kind of cut into the sleep oh, tech business. Okay. So I noticed that happening a while back and I got lucky and just they'll cross train you because the two skills are sort of closely related. Okay. Uh, so I just went into the EEG thing so yeah. I wouldn't find myself out of a job suddenly, mm-hmm. which everyone I know who worked in it still works in it. So I don't think the jobs are going away, but I'm just happy that I learned to do right. something else. So what do you like to be entertained by? Oh man, anything. I mean, I'd, whatever you got you know what i mean we don't get a it's hard to get out and say see things like plays and musicals and that sort of thing because of how tricky it is to find a good one necessarily or you know maybe pay the money it'd take to go up to t-pack or something like that up in nashville um but i love going to a concert or just local bar to hear music or go to the movies with the family or you know Mm -hmm. veg out on tv shows i'm a consumer of all media i guess yeah (laughs) i mean like James and I got the privilege of going to Atlanta and uh, we got to see a Braves game. And then the next day we got to see this cool samurai exhibit at the, <laughs> at the, what is it? The high art museum, but is that yeah. what it was called? High art museum. Yeah. Yeah. High which sounds museum. so fancy, yeah. but it was so cool. Like seeing all oh, these neat, great. like old scent. So, I mean, I'll yeah. go to the museum or whatever. I, yeah, I just like getting out and seeing right. what have you. Yeah. What about hobbies? 
hobbies uh it's playing bass i guess really okay. that's that's it yeah i've no. I, i've never been a good guy in the sense of like being a big sports fan or anything like that uh -huh. like say my brother philip or yeah. <laughs> what have you i just i don't know why it's never interested me that much i love going to games i have a great time there uh -huh. but like i'm not gonna sit and look right. at stats and, and watch or, watch yeah. a game on tv i don't know why i wish i could because i think it'd be a blast <laughs> But yeah, it's pretty much just playing bass, really. Uh, okay, I wait. I will admit to one thing. I have a okay. I have a Fortnite addiction. Probably James uh, got us started on okay, it. Okay, you're a Fortnite man. <laughs> yeah, because, you yeah. Know, a lot of people I talk to, it's all D and D. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, the big yeah. Thing. But Fortnite. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> right. ashamed at how much <laughs> time I have potentially <laughs> wasted playing that. And uh, you know, since. You are so musical. Is there a chance we could play something from the Southern Shame after this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. We have permission? Sure thing. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> My nephew, Andy Wartman. Right Thank on. you so much Thank for you. taking some fun. time to be on here. Absolutely. I had a good time. All right. We'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. He's jazz to the eyeballs. Once again, here's Dave Hawley. Crikey, mate. Thanks again to my guests, Kirsten Smith and Andy, the birthday boy, Wartman. As always, the biggest thank you goes to each of you that listen, download, share, and follow. And don't forget to listen next week for the final show of 2023. Now, if you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Besides information about the show, you'll find out when Dave Holly Hour Trivia is going on at Chasers. For all 209 episodes now, go online at DaveHollyHour.com. By the way, use the search function on our website to look up when your favorite artists have been on before and listen to any of those previous episodes. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, my name is Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by TJS Ceramics Studio, Posh Boutique, The Sky and Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and the Sioux Falls Arts Council. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and click on the coffee cup icon. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show by following on Instagram and Facebook. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening. 